Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Scott Learning Leadership Podcast. This is episode number three, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast, to this episode. If you haven't had a chance, I recommend going back and just checking out the first two episodes. The first one is an introduction, and the second one was basically around my experience. A lot of that episode was based around my experience. Uh, I tend to go back and forth a little bit, a little bit on research, a little bit on experience. If you are joining me for the first time, I thank you. I ask that you subscribe, share this to whoever you think might need it. Uh, that's my plan is just to be here to serve you and help people become better leaders. For those who need a quick introduction, <clears throat> excuse me again, my name is Scott Coding. I've been a leader in one way or another for the last 23 years. I have been both in the leadership position and in the being led position, if you will. I've had leaders in different ways, and I still do to the, to, till today. And I am learning all kinds of things, good and bad, and I've learned all kinds of things, good and bad. And that's what I wanna help you with through this podcast, through this podcast. So what we're gonna talk about today is something that when I took my very first leadership seminar, my leadership course, it was about two days or so, I think. And we went through this assessment. And this assessment was a complete game changer for me. Now I'm going to show you a version of it. And I'm going to kind of correlate it with some of the other ones that I've heard and done. Overall, it's the same idea. It's just a different way of understanding. Some people prefer letters. Some prefer colors, some prefer animals. It's, it's all the same. It's just a matter of what sits better with you. So in this course, I took what's known as the DISC test, D-I-S-C. And I'm going to show you something here in just a second that will help you to identify which quadrant is what. Now, there's a couple things that I want to make sure I say right up front so I'm completely clear. There is an actual course for somebody who can teach DISC. I am not certified in that category. So don't take my word as a certified DISC trainer. This is strictly what I learned from doing the test or assessment. It's not really a test. From doing the assessment and how it helped me become a better leader. That's all I'm going to talk about. I do not want it to be confused that I am an actual DISC trainer. I'm not. I am not. I would love to be. Maybe I will in the future. As of right now, I'm not. In fact, right now, if you listen to any of Eric Thomas, if you've heard of him in the past, he is awesome. He's, I believe, right now the number one motivational speaker in the world. He's also known as the hip-hop preacher. He is completely energetic you, you watch it or listen to any of his things and you can't help but to get pumped up and he talks about how he does it he talks about the fact that he lived in a in an abandoned buildings and ate out of trash cans and he was homeless and his mom had him at the age of 16 or 17 uh, dad walked away like he goes through all of his history in many of his sessions and he talks about how he used those outcomes to better himself. He, he explains it better than I can. 
the reason I'm talking about Eric Thomas is the fact that in his latest material that he's posting online, he talks a lot about disc. What letter indicates what? And how somebody with a dominant trait can help other letters, other people in the other quadrants. Now, I can tell you as well, I've taken this assessment in one way or another since the first leadership seminar about three times and had some very interesting results. I'm going to talk about my first result at the beginning and then as it progressed, where it went. So uh, again, I'm going to just share my screen. I want to show you the latest one that I've taken. It's right on Tony Robbins' website, and I highly recommend taking it. It's completely free. I just searched uh, Tony Robbins and then DISC, and it was the second one that came up on Google. You can see it here for those of you watching on YouTube. Uh, for those who aren't, who are listening to the podcast, it is TonyRobbins.com slash disc, D-I-S-C. Uh, and from there, you can actually see the website itself. For those that don't know Tony Robbins, I highly recommend getting to know Tony Robbins as well. He's been in the motivational game for, oh, I think the last I heard was like 35, 40 years. He started back when everything was on cassette and he had to go to the library to listen to all the stuff that we get free now. So uh, he's been in this game for a long time. He does not consider himself a motivational speaker. I've heard this, I have heard him say some form of this in one way or another in a couple of different forms. He considers himself somebody who explains how the body works, how the brain works. And so he's like, I don't like the idea of being a motivational speaker because people lose motivation. Once they understand how they work, they can build on that. So I appreciate the way he, atta he attacks that. And you can see here that DISC, D-I-S-C, is broken down into four different quadrants, four different letters, four different quadrants. And most of the tests, the, the assessments, will show you the D first. So that's where I want to start. D, if you are dominant in the D category, ironically, it's, it's identified as dominance. This is where somebody is considered to be a very direct person. Here's what I need, take it or leave it. And when somebody is direct, it can actually be a good thing, but it could also be a hindrance. And I'm saying this having for most of my life being a D, being a direct person. Now, uh, the good thing about Ds as well is they want to get started. They, they just want to get on the go. Okay, we'll deal with all the stuff as it pops up. Let me just take a first step. And then as information comes in, I'll make a game plan. That is what a D is. Um, you, can, you can tell that somebody who is very direct, I call the Ds direct, even though it says, refers to it as dominance. You can tell that somebody who is a D who is direct is, it can be a little bit competitive. Competitive in a way where it's just like, I, I, I can get it done faster than you can. It may not be done right. I just want to make sure I'm clear on this. And I'm talking from experience. Again, I'm not a certified DISC trainer. This is strictly from experience. But I can tell you right now, being most of my life in the D category, that 
I have just got things started and I've either missed things or forgotten things or just figured that they didn't matter when really that's what I should have focused on. If we move over to the I category, this is somebody who is um, influential, we'll say. Somebody who's very charismatic, somebody who is a big people person, a very, very big people person. They have a tendency to always have a story to tell. They're always looking at things from the positive side. Very, very inspiring. You can't help but want to be around somebody who's an I. Now, there's really good things. On the other side, it can take a long time for something to get completed because it's, oh, I got a story about the time we did this. Um, I apologize for the beeping in the background. That's the baby monitor. I'm recording this as my daughter sleeps. But um, you can tell that somebody who's an I is somebody that you just want to be around, somebody who is very, very influential. All right, I'm just going to get back to sharing my screen here. I'll just uh, stop sharing for just a second. Bear with me. There we go. Okay, so somebody who's an I is somebody who's very, very inspirational, charismatic, always has a story to tell, can tend to hold things back a little bit in the sense of progress, but can actually be very, very fun to be around and can really do a good job when actually focused. I have been known to be in, in an I category as well. Again, I'm going to tell you my results here in a little bit. Right now, I'm just explaining what they are. I'll tell you my results here as we go on. As we move down to the bottom left here, we, we look at the S category, and it refers to it here as steadiness. Now, the way that I look at an S category, the S to me is someone who is shy, somebody who just wants to sit in the background and is very polite, but doesn't want to make waves. Just wants everybody to be on the same page, just wants everybody to uh, make sure that we're, we're brought along. If you know of anybody who's gone on a hike, an S is usually the one that makes sure that the person who's last in that line of your group has somebody with them to catch them up. That's usually the way I think of an S. Somebody who's, who's a team player for sure, um, very stable, sincere. They just, they care. They care. And um, they can actually, to their detriment, be walked over in a lot of ways because they're not willing to step up because they're not willing to make waves um somebody who is scared to take the first step is scared to well i'll just follow i'll just do whatever the crowd's doing and this can actually be a hindrance in a lot of ways so when we take a look at the s category it's somebody again i i look at s as shy somebody who's shy somebody who sits back a little bit more than say a dominant person or a direct person, okay? Now, when we take a look at the C category, the C category is somebody who is very, very organized. Somebody who is very analytical, somebody who loves spreadsheets, if I could say it like that. Somebody who knows numbers and has no problem organizing those numbers, loves it, thrives on it. In fact, looks forward to it. Now, when we take a look at somebody who's a C, they are, now when I say organized, 
I mean, if they were to do a, a poster of a list of items that, that they could write down that they love and hate when it comes to the their category and the other categories, they will make sure that the paper is the right side up. They'll make sure it's completely tabbed and organized and color-coded and all this kind of stuff compared to a D who's just like, yeah, let's just get this done and just starts writing. Pen to paper, okay, here's what I need, right? So when we talk about the difference, the direct is not very detail-oriented. As C's, the, de uh, the uh, conscientious, as it says here, are very detail-oriented. Focus on everything. It can be good, but where it can be bad as well is the fact that there's a lot of times where if you were to be considered a C, you would actually have to know every little step of what's gonna happen before you can actually take one. You have to know the exact route to the final goal and every step that's gonna be taken in between before you're willing to take one step. It can be good, to know as much as possible, but I think we can all agree that you're not gonna know that every single step along the path. When, and the analogy that I think of is when somebody goes sailing in the ocean, you can only see the horizon to a certain point. You can't see more until you get closer to that goal. And that's where being a conscientious person can be a little bit of a hindrance, is they wanna know what's over the horizon, if you will, without actually taking the steps to get there. I hope that makes sense. <coughs> Excuse me. So here are the four different categories of disc. If I were to color code it for you, uh, for those that have done that, I would say that D would be red, I would be yellow, S would be green, and C would be blue. You could look at it either way from the test of the assessments that I've done. It seems to be the same way, whether it's a letter or a color. So it's really up to you what, what works best. Some people work better with letters, like I said. Some people work better with colors. Some people work better knowing animals. Now, I don't know the animals as well. I haven't done that one. Uh, I do know that the D, because that's what I was for a big part of my life, the D would be considered the lion kind of thing. So it just kind of gives you an idea of, of the different angles. The beautiful part about this, especially the one that I've brought you to here now, is it's completely 100% free. It shows you what your most dominant trait is and the one that tends to be the lowest. I wanna make sure I, I mention too, because this is something that was really drilled into my head when the first time I took this, and the second time actually, is every single person, doesn't matter who you are, has all four of these traits. I'm going to say that again because that was hard for me to understand. Every single person in the world has every one of these four traits. The reason the assessment is taken is to figure out which one is the most dominant. Now, I've heard this question before as well to say, well, what do we mean by dominant? What I mean by dominant is if you were in a stressful situation, what would be the category or quadrant you would fall into first? Just by default, nothing else but default. Which one would you fall into first? And whatever 
quadrant that is, whatever letter that is, that's that's known to be your most dominant. So, like I said, I've taken this test three times. The very first time I took it, I found it very interesting because my most dominant trait or letter was I. I know I've been saying this entire podcast so far that the majority of my time was a D, um, but my first result, and this is actually what really surprised me, is it came up as an I. And as an I, again, you're more enthusiastic, charismatic, which is awesome. I like to think of myself as somebody who is charismatic, who is influential, hence why I started a podcast, hence why I want to get in front of leaders and help them to improve their game. So when I, t- I take a look at and, and see that I is my dominant category, my dominant quadrant, but like points below, I'm talking like two or three points underneath. My next dominant trait was D, hands down, no question about it. In fact, if you would have asked me before taking this test, just with the explanation that I've given up to this point, if you would have asked me, I would have said D was definitely my most dominant by, by far, hands down, no question. So it's interesting to me to see how I has actually outweighed in that first test, in that first time I took the assessment, outweighed the, uh, the dominant category because I can be known as very direct. And I'm going to tell you why that's important for every one of us to understand which category, which quadrant you fall under. Fast forward about three years, four years, something like that. And I took the assessment again. I'm on a different team. It's a different bit of a presentation. Same idea, just different person presenting, bringing different ideas to it. Uh, Just like I'm probably bringing different ideas if you've taken this assessment before. So she brought a different perspective. And we all took the assessment. And what I found really interesting, kind of knowing where I already was from the first assessment, knowing that I was my most dominant, then D, then S, and C was like way down. Like C is my lowest by far. Uh, For those of you that prefer colors, I am not a blue, if I can say that. Blue is like, if I get any points, which I do, it's like two or three compared to like 20 or 22. So it's, it's definitely my lowest. I'm curious to hear what other people say when they identify theirs. I took the assessment again, again, jumping ahead three or four years later. And something very interesting came out of that result that I didn't even know was possible. I had a three-way tie for, for D, I, and S. I had a three-way tie, which means that I actually tweaked the way that I look, thing, look at things, the way that I operate, the way that I led, I actually tweaked the way that I led to adapt to the people around me. Now, again, the C or the blue was, again, way down here. Uh, that's never been my top three. And although I tend to work on it, there's a lot of things that I just, I struggle on. And I know that, and I'm working on it. But it is it is an area where I know I'm weak. So. I went from a high I, directly below is a is a D, about halfway down is an S, and then way down at the bottom is a C. The second time I took it, 
I was a three-way tie for D, I, and S. Now, the reason I think this happened, and this is why I wanted to show you the, the before and the after, the reason this was such a game changer for me, and the reason it happened, is because once you understand what quadrant is your most dominant, that you most fall under, I challenge you to see the other quadrants in other people and tweak the way that you actually lead. Tweak it so that you can actually give them feedback or praise them, if you will, to suit their quadrant. For example, as a direct person, if I notice that you're a direct person, I know that the best way to give you feedback is to go up to you and say, what am I looking at? And I know that sounds harsh for a lot of people, but for the people who are considered to be direct, that is the perfect way to give feedback. Just tell me what I did wrong so I can fix it and move on. And it sounds that aggressive because to them it is. I've, I've actually led some people who I've identified as a direct person. And instead of going through a roundabout way of getting to the final result that I was looking for, you just point it out and say, what's going on? And they go, oh, yeah, okay, I see it. Yeah, I'll fix it. And you know, because of their trait as the D quadrant, you can leave it and it'll get fixed. However, if we were to look at somebody who's an I, if I come into that same category or same situation, I'm sorry, and I'm still a direct person, I have to attack that situation a little bit differently to get, a, to get the result that I'm looking for. Because if I come up to somebody who is an I or an S, I'm gonna link them both in this category, and I come up to them and say, what's going on here? They're gonna basically shut down. They're gonna put up their walls and they're gonna be like, whoa, what, what? I, I thought I was doing right. And then they're either gonna blame themselves, blame you, try and figure out what went wrong, everything except for the resolution. So you have to adapt your leadership style to focus on these different quadrants. So again, you need to try and see what it's like with other people, see what quadrant they fall under. And then from there, tweak your leadership to get the same results that you're looking for regardless of which quadrant they land in. You just want the situation resolved or you want them to feel appreciated, whatever the case may be. Because again, we're looking at positive and negative feedback. Whatever the situation may be, you need to identify what quadrant you are first and then identify what quadrants others are in in that moment and tweak your feedback accordingly. For example, if I were to give somebody who is an I some feedback, and this is a little bit to the S as well. Uh, C's do it a little bit differently. But if I were to go to somebody who's an I, and again, I'm direct, they're going to shield up, right? Walls up. So what I would have to do is I would have to basically talk to them first. Show them that I'm not just there for feedback. How's it going? How are things at home? Um, know a little bit of their interests, that kind of stuff. And then just be like, okay, well, we have a situation. 
Uh, let's look at it together. So again, it's not just, it's not your fault necessarily, even though it might be, but it's not just your fault necessarily. Let's look at this together and figure out, first of all, what went wrong and how we can adjust it so that it doesn't happen again. Because when you look at somebody who is an I and an S qualifies in this in a lot of ways, is if they don't come up with a solution, they are not very willing to stick with it. A lot of people like to come up with a solution or like to feel like they've had a part of a solution, if I could say it that way instead. They want to feel like they're a part of the process. So if I were to come up to them and say, here's, and this is unfortunately how a lot of people do it. So this is where I'm getting it from. But if I go up to a lot of people and I say, okay, here is the problem. Here's the solution I've come up with. Go. You're probably thinking to yourself, yep, that happened to me last week. Without knowing the why, without feeling like you're part of the process, and you're the one expected to do the job, it is very hard to get on board. Unless you're a, a direct person, a dominant person, okay, let's go, done, I'm in. Because they, again, they just want to know what they have to do so they can start moving forward. If I'm an I or an S, I need to actually understand why we're doing what we're doing before I can actually do it. If I'm part of the process, that's even better. But I have to understand that why. There has to be a reason as to why we switch this from what we were doing, which I thought was working, to what we're doing now, which is up in the air, whether it's going to work or not. And we need to walk through what that looks like and where we came up with those numbers. That's where you're going to start getting people buy in. Now, I will talk about this on a separate episode, but there's one process out there that I'm loving. I used to be a part of it in a previous life, and I actually love the idea. And the process is called Lean. Some of you have probably heard of it. Some of you may have even done it. Some of you may have your own experience with it, and it may be different than mine. That's perfectly fine. To give you a, an overall view of what lean is, is where you're actually taking people who do the job day in and day out and identify from them what is wrong with the current processes. What's wrong, what's old, and what can be eliminated? What's pointless? Because there's a lot of things that we may be doing in our companies that are 18, 20 years old. And yeah, it worked at the time, but I'd like to hope that we're a different company now, but we're still doing the same process. It doesn't make any sense. Another thing that came out of a lean project that um, I wasn't actually a part of, but I, I got to see the results, is the lack of communication between two groups that were supposed to be on the same page. The lack of communication between uh, one group who went off a certain set of times to consider a performance on time and another group that went off a different set of time that a completely different set of time that was considered on time and they conflicted each other and because of that it actually caused more problems than it helped but identifying that that gap was there is what was able to change it so i'm a big fan of lean i think i'm going to do an episode just on lean because there's so much that comes out of it
Uh, I am again not certified in lean. I've only I've done some projects in lean, but I'm not actually a certified teacher. It's just my experience. But man, is it a game changer! If you're looking for a way to involve your team, get their input. Hope they can jump in, be part of the process. Then I recommend lean. So feel free to reach out to me if you have any more questions before I get that episode recorded. But uh, yeah, lean lean is definitely one. So again, we want to identify coming back to the disk model here. We want to identify what letter is our quadrant, is our dominant quadrant, because again, we have all four in one way or another. We also want to identify what other people are, because that's going to tweak how we give them feedback. If I am a D, I'm a direct person, um, I am going to have to be very, very aware that for me to go and give somebody who's a C any bit of feedback, I'm going to have to have the numbers that support it. And for anybody who is dominant in the direct category right now, and I'm putting my hand up because I still believe I am in a lot of ways, that drives us crazy absolutely crazy we just want to be able to go to you and say here's the problem uh this is what i got from it here's the solution go but if we're looking for a result that's going to help everybody move forward that's not going to be very productive so what we need to do if i'm a direct person which is again my dominant trait i need to actually understand what are the numbers the support where this problem came from. And when I can actually support it and they see the numbers, oh, look, I could see here, this is where it's lacking, this is where I have to adjust. They see the numbers, they're very visual. Laid out, especially in a spreadsheet. People in the C categories love spreadsheets. If they could see it laid out properly and they see the numbers, they are more willing to be able to follow through and get to a point where you need to be in order to get the resolution that you need. So again, I highly, highly recommend doing the assessment. I'm gonna put this link in the description below. It's Tony Robbins website. So it's, I mean, I love Tony Robbins. I think he's awesome. I listen to a ton of his stuff. If you can get any of his coaching, great. Um, I have not been in that position yet, but I plan to be in that position in the future. But I'm going to put this link in the show notes if you're listening to this on a podcast. I'm also going to put it in the description if you're watching this on YouTube. Please feel free to share this with a friend. Do the assessment. See where you are. It's completely free. And then you get this whole email breakdown of where things are, where you land. And from there, you can actually see it in others. Now, in the last time I did this, and the one that I did was actually the, the Tony Robbins assessment that I just showed you, my red went all the way down, my yellow followed quite a bit, and my green was way up high. I was actually able to tweak it even further from being a completely direct person to somebody who is more of a people person, team leader, a team player, sorry, let me help you bring, bring people along. And this is the source of where I think leadership needs to come from. Yes, there's initiatives that have to be rolled out. Yes, there's things that have to be established, processes. There's a way to share this information with your team 
that is going to help them get on board. And this was a big game changer for me when I first took this assessment because I didn't even know it was a thing. And again, if you're going into this leadership thing and you don't even know what quadrant you fall under, sorry if I'm a little blunt when I say this, you're, you don't know what you're stepping into, right? Because if I, if I don't know what I am, how do I know the type of feedback that I can give somebody else, right? If I'm an I, if I'm a, if I'm a most dominant I, and knowing that a lot of what I do, I just get into different stories, but I'm trying to give somebody who's a D feedback, and they're just looking like to the point, let's go, let's go, let's go. Just tell me what I need to do so I can get moving. Um, if I drag that out, I'm going to lose them. Not only for the tasks that I need them to do, but mentally, they're just, they're done. It's get to the point, here it is, done. And I have to be very aware, I'm an eye. Let's just start by getting to the point. If they have further questions, we can get into more detail later. So again, take the test, put in the comments, send me an email. Let me know what, what is your dominant letter. And uh, I'd be curious to have a conversation with you. Thank you very much for joining me on this journey. Again, episode number three. I hope you're enjoying it. I'm going to start bringing on some guests soon. This is just kind of my overall take on leadership. In general, I want to use this platform to help bring other ideas of leadership to you so that I can help you become a better leader, bring on guests so that they can actually identify what helped them become the leader that I believe them to be, and um, their history, their path. Because we all have a story to tell. And it's really cool we can, when you can hear where the path starts and how they got to where they got to. So again, if you want to be in, on one of the episodes, if you want to be a guest, feel free to reach out to me. I am going to put the uh, email address that I'm using in the show notes or in the description if you're on YouTube. And if you're on YouTube, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to my channel, turn on those notifications. I'm, I'm planning on recording one of these a week so that you can actually get the most value in, in the moment. Because as, the life is, as time is changing right now, especially with coronavirus, uh, it's a very interesting time to be leading because there's a lot of anxiety right now. There's a lot of uncertainty. And uh, so as time goes on and the economy changes, the platform changes, we have to adapt as leaders. And that's what I plan to do on this, on this podcast. So again, thank you very much. If you haven't subscribed, please make sure you subscribe. Doesn't matter what platform you're on. If you want to reach out to me, uh, feel free to send me an email. I'll get back to you as soon as I see it. Leave a comment if you're on YouTube and I will see you all or talk to you all on the next one. Later.